Hello, Hawkey. Hello, Jules. The reason I say Mark Rich is because we were spitballing this during the news and you go, has anyone mentioned Australia's first ever world surfing champion, Mark Richards? Three-time world champion. one of the great Novocastrians, Mark Richards. Yeah, still see, lives see, there. it's all the Novocastrians. Still lives there on the beach at Merriweather, but uh, yeah, probably one of my first sporting heroes. He still lives there, does he, Still Mark lives there, Richards. still very much part of the fabric in, uh, in Newcastle and you'll spot him down at Merriweather Beach more so, often than not. So do people walk past and go, hey, Richard? But Pretty much. And know him as local boy, world surfing champion. Very much so. He, he still just lives across the road from, from Merriweather Beach, a place where he's, yeah, a break that he's made his own and put on the, put on the world map, really, and Surfest, the, the great uh, Newcastle spell. When you said a, sorry to jump in. When yeah. you said a break that he's made his own, so is there one at Merriweather named after him or something? Excuse my ignorance here. No, no, but, but, um, but he's, he grew up across the road from, uh, yeah. from Merriweather Beach there and... Um, yeah, a great surf break, world-renowned surf break at Merriweather okay. Beach there, and uh, you'll still find him in and around the place uh, quite often. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty and, and a real, a real gentleman of sport as well. Yeah, a great guy. Uh, how old is he now, Mark Richards? Oh, he'd, he'd have to be in his fifties, well into his fifties. Oh, yeah. clearly, is he still yeah. looking pretty, pretty fit? Still pretty fit. Yeah, yeah. how's he surfing him these days? Probably not as quite as dynamic as what he once did, maybe when he was there in the uh, the late 70s, early 80s. But, uh, yeah, you, you never lose it, do you? That's interesting. I'm not a surfer, but I wonder, you know, certain sports are conducive to particular types of injuries, right? So baseball pitchers are eventually going to blow out their shoulders. Mm. Bowlers now, a lot of bowlers, their hips are gone and all their joints are gone. Uh, surfing injury. So what is an injury that might be common to surfers? I'm not a great surfer myself, Jules, but well, I reckon... Well, better than me. I've, maybe I've never knee, surfed in my life. Maybe knees or backs could be could be an issue for, yeah, okay. for surfers. I'm not yeah, too sure. Yeah. Legs yeah. from shark bites and things like that. <laughs> yeah. Quite possibly. But sporting marks, you've had time to think about this. And being an overcastrian, we've already had a mention of Mark Sargent. I love the, the Mark Sargent, and, and I'm not too sure who... I just who, thought of um, another one. Yeah. Boozy Husey. The great Mark Hughes, of yeah. course. Yeah, good fellow. But that's, uh, I'm not too sure who, who rode in with um, with Mark Sargent. I'm guessing a diehard Knights fan there but, um, who remember the, the one of the first, well, the, the Newcastle Knights' first kangaroo. Yeah, and he was an RLPA boss for a while. Has played for Australia, as he said, and, and played for New South Wales. A mm. Very, very good footballer. How do we forget Mark Hughes? Oh, there we go. Two-time uh, premiership winner with the Newcastle Knights. Still ruse the fact that uh, the Joey dummy on the... Uh, on the um, and uh, went inside to Darren Albert, still claims he was screaming for the ball and could have scored that try in the 97 grand final. Yeah, should have, could have, what is it matter. <laughs> Darren Albert, it's the stuff of, you know, it's Darren Albert, he's a good man, Darren Albert, he's up the Gold Coast these days. And it was a couple of years ago I was speaking to him and he said, every now and then, you know, people just go, you, you're Darren Albert, aren't you? Man? You're the bloke that's got. Yeah, yeah, that's me. I remember you used to be Darren Albert. <laughs> yeah, he used to be Darren. It's like, I had a bloke once that he used to work with and he said to me, I said, mate, um, do you have a twin brother? And I said, no, why? Because I saw a bloke at Woolworths at Gordon yesterday who looked exactly like you. I said, did it ever occur to you that it might have actually been me? Could have been me. Swear, hey, man, he, yes. <laughs> Assumed that it was your twin brother or some <laughs> kind of doppelganger, which is quite funny. We just got the replay of Glenn Maxwell's innings up here. You, like me and most of Australia, probably thought, oh, okay, go to bed, wake up, and just said, holy crap. Wake up, as you said, like yourself, put the... Um a victim of the of the Optus uh, crash last night as well. So, yeah, connected to the, the home Wi-Fi. And, you know, when you wake up, you're sort of through the bleary eyes saw, seeing 201 not out. Yeah. And that immediately seeing that number just was absolutely staggered. But uh, I, I got up then and watched the highlights of it. And, and it was just 
an incredible innings. Obviously, he got through to that first 100. It didn't really celebrate it. Oh. It was Australia was still a long way off victory at that point. But the, the key hit for me was 126. He's hit a six, and right away he started to cramp, and you saw where that, you know, where that led to from there. And just from that moment on, he scored 75 off about 35 to get over to 200. And everything was just all arms and wrists. Did not move. It was like he, he could have had his, um, his feet nailed to the wicket yeah. and has not even moved. I'm sure that some of those Afghanistan bowlers, if they had the time again, they might have mixed that up. Just, we were talking off here before that um, you could have bowled him anything anywhere and he, he probably would have got onto it, but you've got to try and mix that up. You've maybe some slow bounces outside off star. Mm. Maybe you've got to get into him, but anything in close to his body, he was just... You know, slapping them all over the place. Yeah, it's easier to say, though, isn't it? But he's it clearly in a mood where it probably doesn't matter where you bowl, he's going to find a way. You know, an incredible eye that he has, but, you know, with little to no footwork because of the cramping and just all the power generated from basically the arms and the wrists. Yeah. Those incredible wrists, Glenn Maxwell. And, and just, you see the snap, you know, the snap of the wrist when he hits, and that's where he generates his power because he's not a big guy. No, no, not no. A big guy. As you say, timing, power, and um, and that was everything. Everything he did on his legs, it was just... You know, slapping the ball through just that. Just imagine, right? Just imagine one of those that, you know, playing park cricket, you come out and just, you can thrash the ball like that. Like, that'd be stuff dreams are made of, right? Ne- I was never that guy, Jules. No. <laughs> I, I would love to. And, and I've watched, you know, I've been around cricket all my life. I've played baseball as well. But just in awe, watching that hand-eye coordination, the power, the timing, the whole lot. Mm. It's, it's pretty to watch. You mentioned uh, baseball. I was thinking about Mark. Somebody mentioned Mark Maguire. No, no, can't have him. Too many... Uh, yeah, exactly. Disgraced. Yeah. Disgraced because of the old, because of the juice, yeah. basically. Now, I, I had this discussion with my brother many years ago. So if you had a choice of being just the greatest battle, greatest bowler, right, what would you choose? And inevitably, people seem to lean towards the will. Oh, just you go out there and start smacking them like Maxie did all over the park and unstoppable. But then I thought to myself, it's a good question. That's all well and good. But imagine being, say, Tomo at his peak, bowling 160-plus rockets and just frightening the daylights out of people, leaving blood on the pitch, just instilling that kind of fear, right? Because you can be a bowler and they can hit you all over the park, but you're not scared necessarily. But imagine being able to scare people. Brett Lee in his prime. Yeah. He was, and, and talking about, you know... He was fast, not the best fast bowler, though. But he wasn't a big bloke. Well, he's not a big bloke either. He's not, you know, the sort of the West Indian 6'6", six, 6'8", six, six, kind of guy, long levers. Yeah. But the power he generated through the crease, and he was he was regularly, peak of his powers, he's regularly 150s. Sean yes. Bacta yeah. is an, another guy who, similar era, he wasn't a huge guy either, but he did get over 160. He he's, you're, he's actually Seriously. not a big guy. I remember when no. the rest of the world team played Australia at the SCG. And show back tails there, and you don't realise how short he is. Mm. Like, like they had him next to Dan Vittori. You think Dan Vittori, finger spinner, you just assume they're not big because they're finger spinners, and mm. the bitch makes them boring. And fast bowlers there. But you know, Dan Vittori's a big guy. Show back tails is not a big guy. That's interesting. You know, the more I think about it, scary fast bowler or a gun bat? You may have a thought on that on the text line, 0457 736 736. This is interesting. Uh, Mark Horro, is that you? Cough Panther, are you um, Scope? Justin Horror in disguise, just nominating your dad. Mark Bell, Mark Bout. <laughs> Look, not bad. Not bad. I'll add them to the list. Horror and Bell. I love Mark Bell because he played for my beloved Dragons. I remember the 96, uh, it was the 
It was the prelim against North Sydney. This is at the Sydney Football Stadium. Yeah. North Sydney Bears are on the attack, and it was Jason Taylor, I think, went to throw the big cut out. It was Mark Bell, former West Ham, plucked it out of the air and raced down the other end of the field. And he said, you know, he got caught, and he goes, ah, oh, because he's indigenous descent. And he goes, oh, we're, we're from us. He said, I remember at the time, Mark Bell said, us Black Bellers like it a bit harder underfoot. And then a couple of plays later, chocked to Dean Raper, and he scored. And, Monty Dragons went on to make the 96 grand final and get robbed by uh, referee Manson against Manly. That's another story. Mark Boucher's a good one. Uh, Mark Horrow, there you go. Now, Mark Jacko Jackson. Who could forget, says Gilby. No, no, it makes me want to buy the Energizer batteries there, Hawkey. He, look, one of the great characters in, in Australian sport, and, um, yeah... He had the uh, he had the song as well, didn't he? The um, he had a couple. He, he had, had a couple of songs. Yeah, I'm an individual. That's you can't it. fool me. Yes. An end of bloody vigil. You can't. <laughs> fool. What was? Uh, it's going to kill me. It'll come to me. What was that other Mark Jacko Jackson song? Um, da, da, da. Ah, me brain hurts. Me brain, me brain hurts. <laughs> I tell you what. In all of his antics around um, on and off the field. People do forget, though, it was a very good forward. No, he was. Yeah, excellent Very good play. forward and, and such a presence in that goal square as well up front. He did that speaking tour, Jacko, with um, with Chopper Reed, mm. I think, from memory. Yes. Oh, no, it's not the sort of thing I'd probably pay to see. But the energizer... He did the energizer. Nor take, nor take your kids along to, yeah, uh, to listen no, to either. No, exactly. Yeah. Earmuffs, earmuffs. 0457 736 736. Uh, Spud, who said Mark Richards, thank you uh, for reminding me of something else with your nickname, Spud. Mark Spud Carroll... We got to look. We have to have Spud there because I'm scared he's going to bash me if I don't have him on my list. No, he's a good man. He's a pacifist, Spud. Good man. He works with us during the footy season here on SEN. So, Mark Spud, Carol, excellent. Now we're also talking. Oh, Cost Panther, by the way, confirmed that he's not um, Mark. Um, sorry, not Justin Horror. Mark Coyne. Oh, as a Dragons fan, how did I not remember Mark Coyne? And somebody else has reminded me, Jules. How did you not forget? Or how did you forget? More to the point, Mark Gasney. Excellent centre. So there you go. There's a few more. Love it when you're on the radio. Thank you so much, man. Uh, surfing. Mark Ocalupo. Ah, that's course, the other one. Yeah, yes. Oki. It was a great story too, wasn't it, Oki, about, you know, how he sort of gave the gifted surfer, just naturally talented surfer, gave it away and he's sitting on the couch for you at the Gold Coast at eating KFC getting fat. He thought to himself, I, I need another crack at this. And he didn't. Won a championship. And the, the, the greatest of all time, Kelly Slater, I remember reading this, and it always stuck with me. He said, when Oki gets the perfect wave, he's pretty much unbeatable. That's coming from Kelly Slater. It's always, it's a big rap. You'll take that rap off Kelly Slater, won't you? Yeah, in a heartbeat. <laughs> and a stack coming through as well on the um, Socceroos front. So thank you to everybody who's written in. Uh, Mark Viduka, of course. How do we forget Mark Viduka? Somebody down here has written it. Um... Yeah, Mark Viduka, this is uh, Wild Panther. He's got Mark Weber, Mark Rusciuto. Yeah, let's add him to the list as well. Brownlow medal winner and uh, Adelaide Crows legend. So let's add the Rue, Mark Rusciuto. Mark Weber, been nominated a few times. Mark Wall mentioned that at the top of the program. Mark Viduka, Mark Bozza Bosnich. I'm glad Bozza's not tuning. Well, he might be. He could be listening. Because I couldn't get rid of Bozza last week. <laughs> he so he, he was, Boz. Does he what? So he was... Um, Doing the run home last week, Bozza. Yeah. Better finished at six, and I was jumping on air for Sports Central. But he was so in the midst, in the guts of this conversation about the future of the A League, there were people wanting to talk. So, I was, can I stick around? So, I ended up doing the first 20 minutes of my program Friday night with Mark Bozza Bosnich. So, yeah, we've got to put Bozza down. And a few more coming in Mark Milligan, Mark Schwartzer, and thank you to Jason, Mark Bresciano. There you go. That, that was a golden era of Mark's. Yeah. Golden yeah. era. So, yeah, obviously, Viduka, Schwartzer, Milligan, Bresciano all played. 
in that same Socceroos yeah. team together. Really good. Uh, James, I believe Mark Jacko Jackson has the highest average goals per game in the AFL. I will take your word for that, James. If that's right, average goals per game. Uh, does that sound right to you, though, James? We'll get our uh, abundantly talented research team onto that one, shall we? Surely Bozza coming through. A couple more coming through for Bozza. Thank you so much. Yeah, Bozza, Bozza, Bozza. Uh, Mark Kalkovecki, a golfer. We haven't even talked about golf. No, I haven't yet. spoken golf, but yeah, Mark yeah. Kalkovecki, you can throw him in the mix. It's a dangerous conversation. Mark Piggy-Riddell. Mark, <laughs> this is a good one from Dane. How about Mark McClendon, gun footy player and NFL grand final entertainer, of course, the stop oil protester. That's good too. Didn't he say too that he was going to do it again this year? I worked on the grand final this year and there was talk around the ground before gates open that uh, he could have been injecting himself into the uh, inner proceedings once again. And there was a lot of uh, police and security on high alert Uh. looking out for him. But uh, fortunately... Nothing happened, but uh, couldn't that have been if he actually managed to get himself up on that goalpost and and chain himself to the goalpost with 20 to go in the grand final? Oh, yeah, that's quite a career flex by Mark McLean, wow. isn't it? Absolutely. Mark Graham, yeah, uh, first New Zealander, Mark Graham, to be inducted into the National Rugby League Hall of Fame. Yeah, quite a uh, quite a, quite an impact he made on the game in the 80s with the, the North Sydney Bears. Huge, there. man. Yeah, yeah. He, he lives up Queensland now, Mark Graham. He's, he, it's a really fascinating story. He came from the the rough streets of Auckland, mm. and his dad was uh, had quite the reputation as someone you didn't mess with. And so he was, you know, I guess the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Yeah. And, you know, he played the game as tough as any player I've ever seen, Mark Graham. And he did say he was offered contracts by other clubs, more successful clubs, but at the end of the day, he goes, look, I love the Bears and I just wanted to play with my mates. Yeah. So he eschewed the chance to play or have the shot at finals football when North Sydney were really struggling during that 80s period. Mm. Um, so, you know, it's a, it's a principle about that. So he's a good man, Mark Graham. Humble champ he was. Spart, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch and the Phil Skid Marks. Thank you, Spart. That's uh, real Spart areas. Marky Mark and the Funky, <laughs> funky Bunch. We had with the, um, the Mark Wahlberg Burgers the other day. Any good? Oh, very good. You liked him? Sensational. Magnificent. Apparently, there's another one that they put onion rings on. Where, where, where are they opened up? Where, where do we go and find them? Oh, Coach K will find out for Righto. you. Yeah. Uh, would you, are you a fan of the onion rings on the burgers? Can't say, but I've done a lot of uh, onion ring action. No, no, I'll do it. try it out. It's pretty good. Okay, what about, now think carefully about your answer here, Hawkey, pineapple on burger. Yeah, I'm a pineapple guy. Oh, no, burger, no, no, pizza. no. Mark Richards would never have pineapple on his <laughs> burger, ever. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. I've never understood the uh, how why that's so offensive for people. No, no, it's just it's the sweet combination. Beetroot, yes. Yeah. Egg, absolutely. Barbecue sauce for me and the burger. But a hard no on the pineapple. Hard no on the pineapple. All right. No, leave it in the fruit salad. A uh, few nominations here for the great Muppet Mark Murray. Mark Ella. Oh my God, how to forget Mark Ella? Uh, can you do me a favour, please, Hawking, in the ad break, just give me an uppercut. Missing <laughs> the great Mark Eller. Uh, Warwick Kappa was an excellent Mark. That's clever from you, Stewie. Uh, the text line has blown up. Our sporting Mark, top ten sporting Marks for what's in a name Wednesday off the back of Mark Zara. Back-to-back Melbourne Cups. How'd you go on the Cup yesterday, by the way? I had a quiet Melbourne Cup day um, at home. A few other things came up and couldn't quite get there. But uh, happened, like most of Australia, happened to watch it. But um, what an incredible ride. It was from uh, Perfect from Mark Zara there. A great shot that Channel 10 showed uh, at the end of the coverage, the overhead shot, sort of I yeah. suppose, the drone shot and how it all That, that sort of bird's eye view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How, um, how he worked his way through the field there with a couple of furlongs to go. And I, I love the scenes of uh, once he's got through 200 to go, he's three lengths on the field, he's up in the stirrups and he's... 
you know, yes. waving the finger and... Uh, the number two. The, yeah, because what is he... Do? No, it's just two, is it? I've, I've ridden two of these. He probably could have turned that around. Yeah. But, well, uh, it's... But in the moment. But, um, yeah, you love seeing that. And just the watching how much it means to the, the trainers and the connections and, and whatnot, it's just... Uh, it's, you know, it doesn't matter for me. It doesn't matter who wins that Melbourne yeah. Cup. Seeing what it means to so many people, it was uh, it was pretty cool. It's just, the two. It reminds me of that um, that line from the 12th man. And he's putting up his fingers. It looks like a V. A V for victory. <laughs> yeah. uh, quick one before the break. Six, seven, eight. What about the classic that I get from the wife every time I'm late home from the pub? Mark my words. Mm. <laughs> it's an old Aussie comedian, wasn't there? Mark my words. Mark my from words. 0457 736 736. Open line number as well. Free call 1300 011170. Jules in the chair for Jimmy Smith this Wednesday afternoon. Hawkman. Then Hawk is alongside me. Wednesday afternoon on SEN, 0457 736 736. Julian King of the chair for Jimmy Smith. Glenn Hawk is alongside me. He's made the trip down the, I still call it the F3. It's in the M1. You know, it's still, in the yeah, still, it's still the F3 derbies and now the M1 derby. I Have they, they sort of adopted that? Yeah, I think they actually uh, they actually changed the name of it. Have you seen the, the trophy they've got for the M1 derby? Oh, the little chunk of the, the, the freeway. The chunk of the concrete that, from the freeway. Yeah, hopefully it wasn't a supporting piece of concrete. <laughs> you know I mean? That's very good. Now, I forgot to ask you, by the way, we're talking about off the back of Glenn Maxwell, so we did discuss that. Uh, first, okay, two, two-pronged question. Was it the greatest ODI innings you've seen? And secondly, can you think of another incredible cricket knock, be it, be it test matches, be it ODIs or T20s? I think, and you touched on this earlier, I think what made it so good, this Glenn Maxwell knock, was not just, it was the, two, the volume of runs and how quick he got it was incredible itself. Add to that his condition with the cramps. Add to that, though, the situation, the game, what they were seven for 91. Um, add to that they needed to win that game to secure a semi-final spot. Add to that if he gets out in any any one of those chances um, that could have been taken, mm. the game's all over and that inning's all over. I think all that combined made it, you know, arguably one of the best. And there were far, um, you know, more impressive pundits out there today who were saying it's one of the best, so that'll do me. But, uh, Jules, I've had a chance to watch plenty of cricket um, live and, and on telly over the years, but probably the, group, the best one I've ever seen live, um, 2015 World Cup in Australia... South Africa playing the West Indies here at the SCG, and I was doing the ground announcing there. A.B. de Villiers yeah, playing for the West Indies, 5 for 408. Um, he finished with 162 off 66 deliveries. His first 50 came off 30 balls. The 100 came off 52. Yeah. His third 50 came off just 12 deliveries. Incredible. It was, and 2015, this is, we're still into, like, T20 cricket was around, but we didn't sort of have the the variety of shot making and, you know, he's, he's doing ramp shots off one foot over his head and it was unbelievable. Jason Holder, the uh, the West Indian fast bowler, yeah. finished at one for 104 off his 10 overs that day, took the full force in those last uh, 10 overs. But, yeah, AB was something special on that day. Well, the, the similarities between him and Maxwell, they're 360 players. Yeah. Right, so it doesn't matter, they're scooping and ramping and, and when they're in that, frame of mind, you, you can't stop them. And there were some shots that, um, that A.B. de Villiers was playing, uh, and there was one in particular, he was at the, uh, at the southern end of the, the Ram weekend, where he's ended up on his back, and he's scooped the ball over his head, and he's put it into the trumpet stand. And that, yeah. that, was, the, that was the tone of the day. Right. It was unbelievable. And being a South Africa, the West Indies, it, it wasn't a full house there at the, um, at the SCG by, by um, a long stretch, and the Sydney sporting public missed out on on a big one that day. Incredible. And, you know, this is the guy that can actually dig in and, and bat long innings as well. We saw that, um, you know, mm. Ryan Harris heroics there, and he sort of 
he, he did his best to, to save that test match. You know, he's a rare commodity over to Villiers that can genuinely play all three forms of the game. Yeah, him and, and Danny and Warner probably yeah, there. And they're a dying breed, right? Mm. Because the games are getting further and further apart. But T20 cricket has done wonderful things for 50 over cricket. And he saw last night, and people throughout this tournament are sounding the death knell for 50 over cricket. They're going to revive it. You know, will this be the last World Cup or the next one be the last World Cup? And I hope not. Oh, because back, you maybe. have a chance to, you know, if there's a couple, if there's a bit of a collapse, it shows that there's still a chance to get back in the game. T20 doesn't give you that degree of flexibility. Yeah, and I, and I suppose one thing we've seen too in this World Cup as well, we haven't seen teams really dig in. You know, there haven't been many close games through oh. the first, probably first half of that tournament. And maybe that's a, a little bit of a, um, a, a hangover from T20 cricket. Once we see a, a, a team start to collapse in T20, it's, it's all over and unravels fairly quickly. It, it's the capacity for teams to be through that sort of 20 to 40 overs to be able to sit there and, and grind it out and, and not be bowled out for 120 or 220, but grind it out and, and bat out the, the 50 overs for 250 they or, or 420. seven for 91. Yeah, they were in all sorts. Seven for 91. And it's not just the batters, though. It's also the bowlers. So you can come on with a first stint of, you know, three, four overs, get whacked mm. around a bit, they give you a spell, you come back, and it's almost like two separate, innings, in a sense. Okay, rubbish yeah. the first time around, then you come back, you take three weeks for not many. Tell you what, Jules, what it's going to show, and a debate's going to be happening, and it's a, probably a whole show dedicated to this, but it's the balance now with Test Cricket, with T20 internationals, and as you said, we've seen that there's still a place for one-day international cricket, and, and for the people who love their sport, don't love their cricket, we still love one-day international cricket, and showed, showed during this World Cup as to why, but the place for it, and you know, we're seeing a lot with this franchise cricket with T20s. I you know that Darren Lehman a few years ago basically said, let's not do one day, uh, sorry, T20 international cricket. Let's just all go around make and franchise play a, cricket. Make franchise cricket and come back every two years or four years and World play Cup. a World Cup. Uh, maybe, that's okay what, maybe that's what we need to do with one day international cricket as well. Maybe we don't need to be playing all of these sort yeah, of meaning, one-off. Meaningless bilateral series. Yeah. yeah, but it's all about TV money and mm. broadcast money. That's the thing. At the end of the day, it's not even about, you know, which format is popular or not, when you boil it down, you want a meaningful contest and you want a close contest. Yeah. Literally, they are the only two ingredients you need. Or a test match comes down at the last session of the last day, right? Or a T20 match comes down to the last over. Or a, a 50 over match comes down to the last over. And that's the key ingredient for any sporting contest, mm. isn't it? And that's what we want in, in cricket. We don't, you don't want blowouts. You won't want um, teams getting bowled out for 80 and having 500 put against them at um, close contests. If we can do that across all four, all three formats, that's, that's what we want. Mark Ray's been very popular on the text line today. First time we've had mention of this man, big fella, Mark Dukes Tukey. Thank you, 737. Ask Hawkey, uh, better known as Harris. Does that make any sense yeah. to you? Who is Mark Dries? Mark Dries is one of the, uh, one of the great baseballers that come out of... New South Wales country, a great cricketer as well, a great yeah. golfer. Yeah. Um, could have turned his hand to anything, I think, but um, yeah, made a comeback to Newcastle baseball this mm. year after uh, a few years off and ended up winning the, uh, the association's batting trophy. Uh, you know, that's a little bit unique, that one. Not many people will know, but... Um, the freak, he's, he's Well, let's very, add very Mark Lord drives to go. the list. Thank we'll you, sir. So <laughs> <laughs> it's the end afternoons. Let's get the news headlines. To Amy, you're right. So, great sporting marks. Leo Barry, 2005 AFL Grand Final. Very clever. Does Marco Van Basten count? No, look, I don't think so, Tiger Boy. When we get into Marcos and Marcuses and... Plus, I mean, it's just too many to account for. We've got plenty of marks. Uh, Mark Jacko Jackson, says Kev from Camden. Surely Australia's greatest ever sporting mark and a talented actor... To boot, 
Yeah, talented. Well, Mark's written in. You can nominate yourself, Mark. Dean Jones gave a 145 not out in 99. It was the best ODI innings. Faced 115 balls. This was way ahead of the game back then. Excellent nomination. And just on those innings, uh, Jason writes, I'm just going to find that message here now, oh, with regards to that Michael Bevan knock against the West Indies, New Year's Day, New Year's Day 1996. Yeah. Worth remembering in the Bevan match, Australia was 6 for 38 and 7 for 74, chasing 173 on a seeming deck against Ambrose and Walsh. Mm. Context. Context, very important. Speaking of West Indies, you, you mentioned there, Hawkey, about how he got dropped twice last night, Glad Maxwell, and you wonder how costly that would be. It reminds me when Brian Lara scored that 501, that, that world record 501 first-class cricket, right? It was Warwickshire against Durham. The location was Edgebaston in 1994. He was dropped at the time on 18 by wicketkeeper Chris Scott. And sort of jokingly said at the time, probably going to make 100 today. <laughs> if only. Yeah, drop on an 18. <laughs> How costly will that drop be? Hello, 500. Wow, 501. Oh, Isn't that incredible. Oh, that is just absolutely astonishing. 0457 736 736. Yep, yeah, Brian Lara, star. Elise Perry's a star too. See her five wickets the other night. She was back. Yeah, first time she's bowled since the Ashes. Um, I was talking to someone from the, the Sixers camp earlier today about um, about Elise, and she didn't bowl through the series against the West Indies. Yep. Um, she was be- she had a- coming back from a knee injury. She's been managed through that by the, um, the Australian medical staff, but uh, unleashed again against the Renegades in five for 22. First cricketer now to have uh, had a century to five for across all three formats. Yeah, she's a freak. Yeah. Uh, probably the greatest female cricketer in history. Now, that's saying something. Yeah. But she was a superstar. It went back when women's cricket was still trying to find its feet. I mean, people know the Belinda Clarks and the, the Lakers to a degree, but she was the first real superstar of the game where if you asked any person, random sports fan walking down the street, name a female cricketer, 99 out of 100 are saying Elise Perry. Yeah, and she carried that a lot, you know, through, say, over a decade now. And mm. one of the real travesties was when she got injured during the, the, the 2020 World Cup in Australia. She yeah. Busted the calf in the uh, in the quarterfinal and couldn't play on that biggest stage. It was probably the greatest sporting event I've ever had the privilege of being at and seeing live. Eighty six thousand one hundred and seventy four people. It was just an amazing stage, an amazing an event, and it was it meant so much to so many people. It was so unfortunate that she couldn't um, she couldn't play in that. She's been so good for so long. Yeah, yeah, and she was uh, at at times recently finding herself on the outer and not a walk-up start for the Australian T20s team, which seemed unthinkable not that long ago. But it's testament to the depth of women's cricket at the moment. But you look at what she's had to do in the last couple of um, in the last couple of months. It, as you said, she got dropped from the, the T20 side against the West Indies and almost had to not quite reinvent herself, but she's probably had to go back to the drawing board a little bit, look at, um, at the role she's playing in the team. She's looking at her, her bowling. She's made some adjustments there, bowling a little bit more... Stump to stump now, as opposed to, you know, trying to find that outside edge, and that worked for her pretty well the other week. But also the role that she's had to play with the Sydney Sixers this mm. year. See, Elisa Healy, Healy going out, down yeah, yeah. Um, instead of coming in at four, she's now opening the batting for the uh, the Sixers, and it's and it's a different role that you need to play. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six one four eight says, what about a rugby mark? Well, we did say Mark Ella. I don't think you can top a Mark Ella. A very good rugby mark. I'm trying to think of other rugby marks. Oh, Mark. Uh, Noanga Tuazi, the Wallabies winger. I did There's have another that one. one. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that, that literally just kind of... And I'm trying to think, any other rugby marks that, I'm, that we're missing? I'm sure we're missing a couple. 
I'm sure we're missing a couple. Uh, oh, by the way, we had a Roosters fan in before. I can't remember who it was. Mark Prothero. Was that you, Green Keeping Rooster? I was waiting. Any reason to mention the name Mark Prothero, you'll get it out there. Uh, Rooster man from one to another. Sorry, Jules. Melbourne Cup, a mad part. It just doesn't do it for me anymore. You know, a few people have, have said that. They mentioned that in the last few days on the network. And, and I must admit, I'm to a degree in the same boat. It doesn't quite grip me the way it did. Maybe it's just me getting older. I don't know. What, what is it losing for you? Uh, it's, it just... I don't feel as connected to it. I don't know if it's because of their, you don't see a lot of these horses because they're mm. from overseas and they're basically yeah. just they're tailored towards running this race. So maybe you don't feel as close to them as you might have to the field in years gone past. I'm not entirely sure. There's probably not one particular reason. There's a bit of a thin field this year. And it's not a high-quality race necessarily. It's just, it's basically trading on its history. Right. Yeah, and, That's and, all it's, it is. and it's for a long time now. It's been a, a bit of a lottery trying to trying to pick a winner. Um, as you said that a lot of that overseas influence over the last couple of decades now. It's um, horses, or plenty of horses in the race. That mm. apart from your, your diehard punters who are watching these things closely, you're not you're not probably connected to a lot of these um, a lot of the runners in in more recent times. But um, look, once you, I, I think particularly for those people in Melbourne who go along to it, the uh, the event that goes around it is still something pretty special. Have you been to a cup? Never been to a Melbourne Cup, mm. no. Yeah, I went no. in 03, Maccabi Diva's first win. Yeah. It, was, it was a great day out, don't get me wrong, but at the end of the day, you know, 24 horses and 3,200 metres. So two mile, 24 horses. It's, it's a tough one to pick. But anyway, Rooster Man is racing, uh, racing, rating his races as follows. He's got the Everest number one for his favourites. Cox Plate two, Slipper three, Magic Millions four... I can't have the. Uh, I love the Everest. It'd be my top four. Cox Plate's still number one for me. I am generally a, a bit of a stickler for tradition, Rooster Man. Cox Plate, still love the Caulfield Cup. I love, you know, the Sydney carnivals, George Main Stakes and all these, these great mile races too. A lot of fun. I think the Everest is starting to make its mark. It's maybe best, a little bit of recency. Race on the planet. Yeah. yeah, maybe a little bit of recency bias there. I think it has the potential. Once it, let's give it another decade or two. Add to that tradition, and I think it's well and truly going to be up there with the uh, with the Melbourne Cup. It was 163rd running of the Melbourne Cup this year, Jules. It's some sort of record. Yeah, yeah. Mark Lone, of course. Yeah, he's married to the former presenter Sally Lone, uh, ABC fame back in the day. Thank you, Rich from Brisbane Upper Cup. <laughs> Got a few of those today. Mark Lone. Mark, yes. Another nomination, one, three, six. So a few people, Mark Lone. And thank you, everybody nominating uh, Mark Hunt, world champion kickboxer and UFC fighter. Thank you, Logan, and everybody else that has mentioned. Mark Hunt is a long, long list. Some mm. obvious ones that we are forgetting. 0457 736 736. SEN Afternoons with Julian King and Glenn Hawke. Breaking back with more. We're just having far too much fun in the studio this afternoon. So much so, I've got to, I've got to squeeze another break in, Hawkey, in... In about a minute's time. Another rugby Mark, Mark Catchpole, played halfback for City Uni. And, uh, yes, thank you, Greenkeeping Roost. It was me who nominated Mark Prothero, Mark Catchpole. Not as good as Ken. Mark Kalkovecki at golf. Mark Spitz. Mark Spitz. Yeah, yes. the famous Sports Illustrated cover with the, all the gold medals. Yeah. He came out early, Mark Spitz. And those old school athletes, you know, with a hairy chest and a <laughs> mo. Those are none of this shaving down nonsense. Has Mark O being mentioned? Which Mark O would that Mark O. We can, you Mark know what, Mealy. Mark, let's put um, Ogre down. He spent a time there, a bit of time in Newcastle way, didn't he, Ogre? He, he was coaching up in he uh, was, Newcastle he, yeah. for a couple of years, yeah. Uh, Mark Beretta from Sunrise, water ski champion, yeah, absolutely right, Coffs Harbour. Mark, um, Coffs Harbour, Coffs Panther, I should say. Mark Broadhurst, Mark Henry, world's strongest man. Yeah, okay. Uh, Melbourne Cup, Everest, Cox Plate, Slipper. Four favourite races for Ronnie from Redford. 
Melbourne Cup, Everest, Cox Plate, Sleeper. Cox Plate's always been number one for me. Right, it's the premier weight for eight. It's a real. That's where you get the best horses. I've been to a Golden Slipper Day in in, uh, in Sydney in years gone yeah. by. That's a that's a pretty good day. Yeah, two year olds don't excite me as much. That's the only thing. Sometimes the yeah, race it runs on the board. Sometimes the race is just a backdrop for a good day out yeah. as well. Well, ninety nine percent of the time, the race is a backdrop for a good day out. Uh, back with more. The news coming up at 2 o'clock Eastern Daylight Time, 1 o'clock in Queensland. Still love the Michael Bevan four off the last ball against the West Indies at the SCG. Crowd went bananas. I was there that day. Hawkey. It was uh, it was quite the day. I wasn't there. I was watching on television, but remember it well. Yeah, they, they stuffed up. Roger Harper ended up bowling the, mm. the last over. And then he split them. They had the long on, the long off. And that was before you had the boundary ropes. And you had, remember, the sight screen on the wheels? Yeah. And so yeah. if it hit that, you got the four, you know, a few metres in front of the actual boundary fence. And it was it actually rained earlier that day, didn't it? So they, yeah, it did. Yeah. Yeah. I remember sitting at home, a uh, place where I was living at Dudley. Pretty with short a rain, Terrible yeah. hangover watching the... Uh... Most people would have, considering <laughs> it was New Year's Day. Yes. And uh, McHugh, now you'll get used to McHugh on the text line. He's always very clever. Great knocks, Pamela Anderson. <laughs> We're still doing that, aren't we? We are still doing that. At uh, one more on um, Michael Bevan, by the way, Bondi Jack. The 185 not out by Michael Bevan off 132 balls for the World Team versus Asia 1999 it was the best ODI innings I've ever seen against Wazim Akram, Shaminda, Bas, Murali Kumble, and Abdul Razak. Says Bondi Jack. Yeah, he was a wonderful, wonderful player, Michael Bevan. Mark Winterbottom. There you go. There you so, go. I mean, see, motorsport nuffies. So a lot of nominations for Weber. Uh, thank you, John, for Scaife. And now said Mark. So yeah, Frosty. Of course, he won it in the Ford, didn't he? Um, he sort of broke uh, broke the, the deadlock of the Jamie Wynn Cup here, yeah. uh, Frosty Winterbottom. News coming up at two, then the final hour of the program. We're going to clear the decks. Want to hear from you. $100 cash. If you want to win 100 bucks cash, call me now. one 1170 Nominate your best ever cricket knocks, one day or otherwise. One day or otherwise. And help me with your sporting marks. The top ten sporting marks for What's in a Name Wednesday at the back of Mark Zara winning back-to-back Melbourne Cups. Board without a fight yesterday over the two mile at Flemington. Thank you, Hawkey. Good to see you. Thanks, Jules. Pleasure as always. Safe travels up the F3 slash M1. Thank you, and mate. Say hi to Mark Richards for me.